Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Caught. Touchdown. Mason Krakowski didn't have the angle. What's up, guys? We are back for another episode of the Big Cat Chat Podcast. Brian is back again, the new co-host. Hope you guys enjoyed last episode. It is now week two of the NFL season, and we're going to go ahead and give our takeaways from week one. We're going to give our predictions and just talk some other stuff. How you doing, Brian? Doing good, man. Glad to be back. Another week of football, another week of podcasting. Uh, looking forward to week two and discussing how everything went down in week one. Week one was definitely a wild, so and I go into that over the over the next 30, 45 minutes. Definitely. So let's go ahead and start with some Jags takeaways. We're going to give some Jags takeaways since we're obviously uh, Jags fans. So I'm going to give my first takeaway, James Robinson, the running back, the undrafted free agent number 30. He looked really good. There's, I mean... You, there's no argument that he looked great. He's arguably the second best uh, rookie running running back behind <coughs> behind Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, he has great vision, speed, everything. Uh, Fournette had a terrible game, so I think James Robinson was a much much needed and a big upgrade from Fournette. Uh, he was probably my biggest surprise from the game. And uh, from the Jags roster, there were many surprises, but I'd say James Robinson was the biggest, and I'm excited for him in the future. What's your first takeaway? Man, Robinson uh, really stuck out to me. I mean, it's just an, a complete change from seeing somebody that hits the hole with explosiveness, with decisiveness, with good vision. He doesn't run into his blockers. He runs for the hole. And uh, the biggest play from him was honestly when he got that screenplay from Minshew. And he, I thought, yeah, maybe he's probably going to get like three yards, but he hurdled, not one, but two feet, few people, and took it about, I think, 25, 30 yards. And it was one of the better plays that he, it was probably the best play he had all day. And uh, I think that was a huge momentum swing. And I think we ended up getting a field goal or a touchdown on that drive. But other than that, I think James Robinson has the potential to be a really good running back in this league. And I think he has the potential to at least get over 1,000 yards, all purpose yards for the Jags. All right. Now, what's your next takeaway? Well, other than James Robinson, I'd say Minshew uh, played nearly lights out. I mean, he didn't throw anything too crazy. Didn't he? Didn't air it out like everyone was hoping. I think he had one one pass over twenty yards through the air, but he went nineteen for twenty, one hundred and seventy yards. Uh, can't complain about that. I mean, he was making smart decisions. He didn't turn the ball over. Uh, a couple of things I can not criticize him, but critique him on is a couple times he had two sacks out of four that were his fault. One of them being where he held the ball too long and he could just either run away run away, or just throw the ball away and take the completion. But besides that, he did amazing. I mean, you couldn't ask for more out of him in week one. And uh, credit to the O-line, who looked absolutely phenomenal, especially Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson, which one of them, <laughs> it was actually Jawan Taylor, had a pancake block on Leonard, Darius Leonard. So I must say I'm very surprised with how this team is going, and I'm very hopeful for the direction of this team. Definitely. My next uh, takeaway that's past Minshew is C.J. Henderson, our corner we drafted out of Florida at number nine. He had a monster game for a corner in general, but especially for a rookie corner. He had a a game where he had a couple pass deflections. He had that interception. 
He had five tackles, multiple big tackles that saved saved game easily. And apparently he's the corner who can't tackle and doesn't want to, but he looked like he wanted to tackle. He tackled well. He he played very fluid, like with the interception. Phillip Rivers threw to him. He made a great play on that. C.J. Henderson overall, he just looks like he's going to be our next Jalen Ramsey, just hopefully with the, with the less diva. But, yeah, I love C.J. Henderson, what he gave us that game. Uh, so, yeah, I have high hopes for him coming in the future. So usually I, would, I was going to say something about Visca, but I got to give a shout-out to, to, to Thor. Dewey, Andrew Wingard. Man, he came in with absolutely no – out of nowhere because of uh, Gerard Wilson's injury. Uh, he's on IR for three weeks, and Dewey came in, and I think on, like, the second play, he picked, him, picked off Rivers, and it ultimately proved to be the game-winning uh, interception. Uh, ended up kicking a field goal on that. And uh, we, and then after that, uh, Henderson came in with the breakup to finish the game off on fourth and fourth and short. So I think I think uh, Wingert is going to be a really good player for us. I really hope he ends up being the starter if he proves himself in the next three weeks. And Gerard could end up losing a starting job if uh, Wingert uh, pulls it together and just has that kind of outing again. And for being thrown in the fire, just like Minshew, he balled out. And I hope he, I see more of that uh, over the next couple of weeks. Definitely. Andrew Winger, he actually had a very good camp. He was the only person to pick Minshew off multiple times, I believe, if I remember uh, correctly. So he's made very much an improvement from last year where most of the team did not like him at all. I mean, most of the team's fans. But let's go ahead and move on. You were about to talk about Visca. I'll do that now. Visca, our wide receiver we drafted in the second round out of Colorado. He's making such an impact. Obviously, almost all of these guys were mentioning our rookies. That's most of our team at this point. But LaVisca Chenault, with the ball in his hand, he scored a touchdown. He had probably, not probably, he had the best game of uh, the rookie wide receivers. Only one with a touchdown. But on top of that, when he doesn't have the ball in his hand, he still has an impact on DJ Chark and Keelan Cole's touchdowns. LaVisca Chenault was put in motion, which moved the safety into a slightly different spot, which opened them up to score their touchdowns. LaVisca Chenault, he forces the defense to pay attention and respect him, and if they don't, LaVisca will make them pay, and that helps our defense and our wide receiver core immensely. It helps Minshew, and honestly, he's going to be deadly for years to come. Hopefully he can stay healthy. You know, another little tidbit is when uh, LaVisca had the ball, he didn't get tackled. He did not fall to the ground once, not even on the rush play on the, in the Wildcat. He did not fall. Uh, it just kind of says a lot about his frame, his body, and just how hard it is to tackle. The guy is 6'1 or 6'2, 230 or something like that, 225. He's, he's a tank. He's a wide receiver built as a running back, and uh, he didn't fall. So I really uh, I hope he gets more, more touches uh, – in week two, and I really hope he does. He just goes off. I, it's going to be really hard to, you know, expect a guy to really set themselves apart from everyone else because that offense is built to spread the ball around. But at the end of the day, Shark has wide receiver one. But I think that Chenault's going to be the next wide. Is going to be a wide receiver two by the end of the year, and those are going to be. I could. I. I could honestly say that could be the next Thunder and Lightning. Definitely, definitely. 
for my last takeaway and our last Jags takeaway of this week one is DJ Hayden. My goodness, DJ Hayden. He had a terrible game. Of all players on the Jags roster, I did not expect DJ Hayden to have the worst game of everyone. But that's the way it turned out. And honestly, I, he was bad. He got Chasen's interception taken back. He was burnt toast the whole game. He was just terrible. He almost cost us the game in multiple times. But hopefully he can pick it up. We'll see. Either way, you got any more Jags takeaways or are you ready to move on? Yeah, regarding Hayden, uh, he was one of our better players last year too. But I think after one game, I mean, after one game, I was a little frustrated by him. But I think uh, I don't want to jump to conclusion yet. But if he, if for some reason, he continues to struggle a couple weeks in, I don't see why you don't give Josiah Scott a chance because he is the predecessor to Hayden as we picked him in the fourth round as the next as the next nickel. So if Hayden continues to struggle, don't be surprised if they give a look at uh, Josiah Scott. Definitely, definitely. So. Now let's go ahead and move into the NFL as a whole week one takeaways. We're going to go ahead and move through these pretty quickly because there are a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and start. Sam Darnold and the Jets. Terrible. Sam Darnold did not look good. I'm not a Sam Darnold fan. I don't think he's that great. The Jets, they have absolutely no wide receivers. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he got hurt. <laughs> Mims is hurt. So the two people that might be good on their roster hurt. And... I think they're in the, they're in, they should be in the talks for Trevor Lawrence in the first overall pick. Oh, also the Bills had a very good game. Oh man, the Jets, the Jets, J E T S Jets. Oh, I just, man, I feel bad for them. That that organization has just since the beginning of the Mark Sanchez era, the team has just been hitting rock bottom, and it's it's not looking good. I. Uh, I think they need to completely reset. They need to do a complete rebuild, a complete roster overturn. I don't know about roster overturn, but I definitely think that they need to start getting rid of the coach. Probably the GM. I mean, the GM's making these picks, but I think it comes down to coaching more so than anything, and it just shows every game. And Darnold, I mean, I don't believe in Darnold, but I think he gets too much blame for everything, considering he has absolutely no O-line, and he has no receivers right now. So... Do I think Darnold's going to be the guy? No. But I do believe that if they're bad enough and Darnold doesn't do well enough, I think that the Jets can be in the running for the number one overall pick. And if they're not, it might be Cincy. Cincy had a bad game. Um, if you want to transition to that, uh, <laughs> Thursday night football. Yeah. Uh, we'll go ahead. We're going to start with week one of Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow, he had a decent week one. He had that run. He didn't play amazing, but he didn't play terrible. Uh, the Chargers, they they weren't good with Tyrod Taylor. They barely got that win. The Bengals, their kicker, I don't know what he was doing. He, I guess he got a cramp or something. Uh, but then now let's move into week two of the Bengals. The Bengals' O-line is terrible. I can't emphasize more how bad that offensive line is. Joe Mixon couldn't make it back to the line of scrimmage. Uh... Joe Burrow had pressure in his face every single snap. And on top of that, they had Burrow throw 60 times, 61 times to be specific, and he didn't throw a single interception. 
That's the first time a rookie's ever thrown that many times and not thrown an interception, which I think that is great. I think Joe Burrow has an amazing future. He did make some mistakes. Obviously, that's going to happen. But he held onto the ball. He had one fumble. Besides that, I think Joe Burrow has a great future. Just the Bengals organization is terrible, and they just need to build around him as fast as possible. Yeah, that the main problem with that team is O line is non-existent. Jeez, I, I played O line in high school for two years, even though I shouldn't have, and I guarantee you, I'd probably do better than that at O line. No, I'm kidding, but regardless, that O line needs help instantly. But unfortunately, they're not going to be able to get any. And Burrow just needs to hope to God he can survive through the season. And uh, don't be surprised if they're picking in the top five, maybe even the top three again. And they need to—I don't know who their left tackle is, but if it's not a good tackle. I, I would say go get Penny from uh, from Oregon and help get your blindside tackle for, for Burrow. But Burrow just needs help. They got Jonah Williams, so they got a good guy there. But everybody else, uh, it's it's just a nightmare in Cincy, and I feel bad for him. But it's uh, this is the I just, they threw him in the fire, and I hate to say it, but I think they should have let him sit so they could protect him. But they don't have any other quarterbacks because they traded Andy Dalton. But I think the approach for them was a bad idea just because of the O-line situation. But if they had a uh, veteran quarterback, I think that Burrow should have sat. Like they're doing for uh, Tua, except Ryan Fitzpatrick is struggling. Definitely, definitely. All right, so now let's move on to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, oh my goodness. They lost to the Washington football team in an upset. That, that O-line in Wentz, I mean, oh, the O-line did not play well, but then at the same time, the O-line is getting so much blame for Wentz. Wentz held onto the ball way too long. He made terrible decisions, had terrible throws. That team was, looked terrible. They didn't have San, they didn't have Miles Sanders, which hurt my fantasy team, but so they were a mess. Washington, that defensive line is nasty. Uh, Haskins, he still struggled, but Overall, I think Washington's not as bad, but I think that was more of an upset game for them. But Philly, I, I don't know what to, how to feel if I'm a fan of Philly after that. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Voice crack. If you look back at the, uh, the film, the uh, game, and the offensive line and the sacks, most of those sacks are not on Wentz. It, all line, for the most part, did their job. And Wentz held the ball for way too long. Now, is the O-line good? No, probably, I don't think it's good. But the fact of the matter is, Wentz has got to throw the ball sooner. But then you look at his wide receivers, doesn't really have any help there either. And this, this team is just not set up to be a winning team. I don't think they're going to be a terrible team, but I don't think they're going to be a good team. But I do believe that Washington, if, if Haskins can pull it together, or if, if he struggles and ends up not being the guy, I, I, I give uh, Alex Smith a shot. And I try to find a quarterback next year, 2021 draft. But I definitely believe with the pieces they've got on defense, I could see the Redskins become – oh, sorry, wrong team. Washington football team. It's going to take some time to get used to it. See, the Washington football team, <clears throat> I could see them being the 2017 Jags because they've got a defense. They just need an offense, and they just need a quarterback. But I don't know if Haskins is good enough to get them to that point. But if they can get at least maybe Alex Smith in there and he stays healthy, I could see them at least getting a wild card chance. Definitely. 
All right, so now let's move on to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers has not lost a step at all. He went off. He had an insane game against the Vikings, who have on their on that on that note, the Vikings have absolutely no pass rush with Daniel Hunter out. Yes, I'm talking about you, Yannick Ngakwe. You got absolutely owned. Like that he had a terrible game. He didn't even get a single QB pressure. That whole defensive line didn't do anything that whole game without Daniel Hunter. So but overall, I think the Packers, they're going to be a great team this year again. And Aaron Rodgers is going to lead them throughout the playoffs. Yeah, after uh, seeing some highlights of that game, I just uh, I looked at Rodgers. And shout out to my buddy Aiden. He's a big, he's a big uh, Packers fan. He actually just started watching podcasts. He was looking forward to hearing how, what we say about the Packers. But uh, after watching the highlights, first of all, Jan... Oh, my God. And then his interview after the game. He's like, I don't want to make excuses, but I didn't practice much. I'm like, so you're making excuses. You just you did bad. And that's the fact you did bad. You did bad. You got held up by one of the best tackles in all of football in Baxiari. And, uh, you know, other than that. And then the Vikings secondary is super young, like I mentioned before the week one started. It showed. Monte Adams had a field day on that team, over 170 yards, two touchdowns, several receptions, who ended up killing me in fantasy because, of course, the guy had him on week one. But I think the Packers are a team to watch out for. I really do believe that this is the year that Rodgers could take them all the way. I think Tampa Bay is being overrated, in my opinion. Like, yeah, they got Brady. This isn't 31-year-old Brady. This is 41-year-old Brady. He's Granted, it's week one. It's going to take some time to jam, gel and, you know, get the chemistry going, but I just don't think the Buccaneers are going to be a Super Bowl team. I think they're going to end up getting taken out in the in the, in the divisional round or wild card if they even do that bad. But I definitely think the Packers are the team to watch, and I think this is the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. 100%. So now let's talk about the Cardinals. The Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, they're pretty good, i got to say. Uh, Kyler Murray, he scrambled a lot. He didn't have the best passing game, uh, statistically speaking, and uh, based off a lot of stuff. But DeAndre Hopkins, he had a massive game. He had a career game for himself. 14 catches, 150 yards, over 150 yards. And you could argue DeAndre Hopkins carried them to that win over the 49ers. And on the 49ers, they're in a Super Bowl hangover. Super Bowl loss hangover. Uh, they have no wide receivers. It's just a mess right there. They lost um, Richard Sherman for a couple weeks. I don't know how to feel about them, but we'll see. Yeah, the 49ers, I, uh, I, I've said I doubted Jimmy Garoppolo since, since the Super Bowl, and I think he couldn't get it done. And uh, that pass where he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders just kind of sealed the deal for me, thinking this guy just doesn't have it to be the guy. You know, he just he struggled. And I think the 49ers are definitely going to see some some issues this year um, in terms of just being a better team this year. I think I think they'll be okay. They're going to have a winning record. But I just don't think they're going to go as far. I, they, <laughs> I could honestly see them missing the playoffs, but... I, uh, I definitely believe that they have some work to do. I don't think Jimmy's going to be the guy. 
but I definitely think this is the year where they need to figure out if he is. And if he's not, might have to start considering some other options. But uh, for the Cardinals, man, DeAndre Hopkins, I I feel so I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's out of out of the uh, out of Houston. I don't know what Bill O'Brien was thinking. I mean, but clearly there is definitely a rift between those two. And I'm happy he's on a team where he has a potential to go somewhere. Like, I just think the Texans are a team that are just not going to make it all the way with Bill O'Brien as head coach. And I definitely think that they need to figure things out quickly. But with regarding the uh, Texans, I just uh, I just don't see them being a good team because of Bill O'Brien. He, he was, you know, the last couple of seasons, he's been a good coach. They bought, he's brought him to the playoffs, but I just don't think with the weapons they've got on a well, lack of weapons, to be honest, on that team, I think that uh, they're going to start to see some struggles. And I could I honestly see the Jags 2-0-ing them in the division, but uh, I just don't see the Texans being a good team this year because of those decisions by Bill O'Brien. Yep. So now let's talk about Cam Newton and the Patriots. Cam Newton, he looked pretty good, but it was the Dolphins, in my opinion. Uh, when you look at a lot of charts based off quarterbacks, Cam Newton, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. He had two rushing touchdowns, no passing touchdowns. Uh, they killed the Dolphins. And Dolphins, mm, I don't. I had them winning, but Patriots might be pretty good. Maybe they're better than I thought they were. And the Dolphins, I don't know how to feel about them. You know, the New England Patriots have completely changed their offense for Cam Newton. He barely he threw the ball. But he didn't have any th- – I don't think he had any throws over 20 yards through the air. So it's really hard to judge what that team's going to be like this year based off one game, considering we did they did also face the Dolphins, uh, who had Ryan Fitzpatrick starting and uh, did not look good in that situation. So will the Patriots be good? I don't know. I think they'll be okay. You know, Cam Newton's a pretty decent quarterback. I just It's going to be interesting to see if they throw it more because if they're going to be want to at least contend – they got to be throwing the ball more. They got to throw the rock more. They can't continually run Cam, because if Cam continues to run and he gets hurt, they're 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 done, you know. And for the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, oh jeez, you know, I thought he could make it through the season, but when does he ever? To be honest, he's always taken out at some point. And I think that we could. I honestly think that there's a possibility that if he continues to struggle like this week, and he struggles in week three against the Jags, I think we could start seeing we could see Tua sooner rather than later as early as against us in uh, Thursday Night Football, but time will tell. All right, so now let's go ahead and talk about the Lions. The Lions, they blew a big lead against the the Bears, and then they dropped a game-winning touchdown. DeAndre Swift, who was arguably, or I mean, pretty much everybody agreed he was the number one running back in this draft class. And right now, it's looking like he might be one of the one of the worst. So, yeah, he dropped that game-winning touchdown. It was in his hands. Uh, Lions. Lions gonna Lions. That's about it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. The Lions, every time in the fourth quarter, they had a lead and everything. They were up, I think, 17 points at one point, and then the Bears came back fourth quarter. Not only you can't even just look at the DeAndre Swift drop, but prior to that, Matt, Matt Stafford threw a costly interception that should have been the end of the game right there. People aren't talking about that enough. So, to blame, understandably, 
DeAndre Swift should have caught that. It would have been the game winner. You also got to look at the Stafford throw and be like, he costed, almost cost himself the game there too. But the, the Lions ended up holding on defense. Stafford got the ball back, threw it in the end zone to Swift, and Swift dropped it. So regardless, you can't make those mistakes in the fourth quarter. The Lions are unfortunately the same Lions of old, and they're just not good in the fourth quarter for whatever reason. And that comes down to coaching, and Patricia's the problem. And I just, if the, if the Lions continue to struggle, and they did stay, say that this is the this is the year for Patricia to get it together. If he doesn't figure it out soon, you could see him uh, possibly fired midseason, if not by the end of the year. Yeah, I it's just a it's a mess there. But now let's go ahead and blow through to Monday night football. The Steelers, they're not that scary. I mean, Big Ben, he looked not too bad after the injury, but he didn't look insane in my opinion. Uh they were playing the Giants who Daniel Pennies, not Daniel Dimes, Daniel Pennies. Uh it's the Giants are the Giants. Steelers, they still might be contenders, but I think, as a Jags fan, we have a chance against them later in the season. And on the other Monday Night Football game, the Broncos and the Titans. The Broncos coaching, in my opinion, absolutely blew that game. There were, I mean, yes, there were so many mistakes on third down. Locke made many young mistakes that also could have won them the game at different times. But when it came to it, Vic, Van- Vic Fangio, he just watched the time tick down. He didn't call a timeout when he had two of them sitting there. And he just let the clock run out so that they had like 30 seconds for them to move down the field, which was obviously not enough time. And they ended up losing to the Titans. But on the other note, the Titans, they aren't as good as you'd think, but they still have Derrick Henry who had 100 yards, but he also had like 30 carries. Uh, Tannehill, that play action is nasty. So, Titans, I still think they're contenders, but I don't think they're... they're, I'm going to say playoff contenders and might win a game, but I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. Their kicking was god-awful. Guskowski, he missed almost every kick he made, every kick he attempted, and that was just rough. Uh, How'd you feel about those Monday Night Football games? Oh, God. Start with the Steelers and Giants. I watched most of that game. <sighs> the Giants have, like, like just like the Bengals, possibly worse. No O-line. They could not run block to save Barkley's life. Uh, it's it's just concerning. Barkley's one of the best running backs in the league, and he looked like Ryan. He looked worse than Leonard Fournette that night. He couldn't get anything done. He had one good play, and that was the uh, the pass play, the screenplay by uh, from uh, Danny to him, and he you made something out of it. I was like, oh, cool. That's the Barkley we're used to. And then he got him running, and he's, he's just getting stuffed in the backfield. He had more rush yards than he had – or he had more rushing attempts than he had rush yards. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good at all. So I don't know what they're going to do, but they need to get it together quick because, I mean, to be fair, though, the Steelers are a top-five defense. However, the O-line should not be that bad in past and fat and rushing, rushing at all. And uh, I hope they get together soon because Danny Dimes is going to need it. And I like that Danny Penny's thing. I was the one that suggested that too. But, you know, Danny, Danny 
didn't do bad big that game. Like he had a he didn't do great. He had a 19 play drive. That's unheard of. That is very difficult to attain. And then he threw the costly interception, and that was pretty much the game right there. That just swung the momentum of the Steelers. You, you, stuff like that you can't be doing in his in this year. Rookie year, yeah, I get it. But now, can't be doing that. That's boneheaded mistakes. As for the Steelers, I think they're a good team. I really do. Uh, do I think they're a top, like the best team in the league? No, not at all. But I do think they're a top 10 team. That defense is top five again. They're definitely going to do a really good job. The offense is going to be pretty solid. Big Ben just needs to get in his rhythm. Now on to the Tom Broncos Titans. Oh, my gosh, Koskowski. That was hard to watch. But at the end of the day, came in and got the win game-winning field goal because the Broncos didn't know how to manage the timeouts. And uh, Drew Locke just did not look great. He had too many plays where he left yards on the field. That should have been, that should have been completions because – you know, he's overthrowing the ball, he's throwing on his back foot, not setting his feet. And uh, the Broncos lost this game because of too many mistakes, both offensively and coaching-wise. And, uh, you know, the Titans didn't look the best, but it's going to be interesting to see how they play on Sunday against the Jags, too. All right, and now the final takeaway of this week from week one. It's actually a week two takeaway, uh, the Thursday night football. We already talked about the Bengals. But let's talk about the Browns. The Browns, they definitely made up for week one. But then again, it's the Bengals who have absolutely no offensive line. Um, and they only won by five points, which they scored 35. But they also allowed 30 points. And on another note of the Browns, Ronnie Harrison, who thinks he's so good, he, he let up a touchdown and got trucked. He was one of their probably most notable bad defenders in that game he had those snaps at the beginning and then i don't think i saw him for the rest of the game after that touchdown but yeah how'd you feel about the thursday night football browns yeah like you said it's at the end of the day it's the Bengals, but it's still a football team still an nfl football team and i think that this game is what mayfield needed to get his his confidence back and he had some incredible throws especially on the run when he gets out of the pocket and he gets he throws on the run he has some impressive throws. That throw to Odell Beckham was phenomenal. And I was I was just thinking, oh, God, Browns are probably going to win this. And sure enough, they did. So I got to give credit to Mayfield for pulling it back together this week. Yeah, it was against the Bengals, but he still got it together. And I think this is exactly what he needed to boost his confidence and potentially get OBJ back in the game and producing again. But we'll see in week two and see if – or week three when they play again Sunday to see if that was a fluke or if that was Mayfield actually getting his confidence back and potentially making the Browns a decent team this year. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, Mayfield, he had a good game until he had a boneheaded mistake and threw an impatient throw that led to an interception, which it was just, what are you doing? Can he go sink? Last season, he threw a pick in at least 14 of the 16 games they played. And even when he has a great game, he still finds a way to throw a boneheaded interception. And then on the Odell Beckham, he had that big, he had the great first quarter, and then it's like, what what happened? There was no more Odell for pretty much the rest of the game. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. But let's go ahead and move on to Week 2 plus Thursday Night Football predictions. But before we do that, 
what we've decided to do is we're going to do kind of a little competition uh, between Brian and I. Uh, we're going to keep record of our predictions and see who comes out at the end with the best predictions. But currently, uh, we both are 13 and 4 on the season. So now let's go ahead and start. For me, uh, the first game is Giants at Bears. Uh, I'm going to take the Bears. The Giants, that offensive line, is going to get tore up by that Bears defensive line. And I just don't feel good about Daniel Jones right now. And I think the Bears, with Mitchell Trubisky, are going to actually be 2-0. and Can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, the Bears are going to go 2-0 here. Uh, Giants, just especially in their in Chicago, and I think they'll have fans. I think the Bears are going to pull this out by a significant Significant win. I think it's going to be over a touchdown, more than seven points, possibly more than ten points. But the Giants are going to go 0-2. I just don't see the Giants being a good team this year. I think they're going to be a top-five pick. But uh, I see the Bears pulling this pulling this game away with a significant win. All right. Uh, Rams at Eagles. I'm going to take the Rams here. That Eagles offensive line wasn't, it wasn't good, but then it wasn't as bad as we think. Wentz held onto the ball too long, as we talked about. Aaron Donald, he's a menace. Like, even though he didn't get any sacks, he was constantly in Dak Prescott's face, and that's the best offensive line in the league. Well, top three, you could argue around. Uh, Aaron Donald, he's going to feast. The other guys on that defensive line are going to feast. So I'm going to take the Rams in this game. Yeah, I got to go with the Rams, too. I just think the Eagles' offensive line is just going to get absolutely bum-rushed by the Eagles. Or the Rams. The Eagles are going to get bum-rushed by the Rams' defense. Wentz is not going to have any time to throw. Or he's just going to struggle again because of the constant pressure. But I definitely think that the Rams are going to pull away with the W here. And uh, the Eagles are going to go 0-2. That's wild. Rams 2-0. Bears 2-0. Eagles 0-2. That'd be wild. But looks like that's what's going to happen. Either way, let's move on to the Falcons at Cowboys. For me, this is my upset game. I'm going to take the Falcons because that Cowboys secondary did not look good at all. And then, I mean, the defensive line was, was not bad. But the Cowboys defense got tore up. And that offense isn't what it should be. But then the Falcons, they have, they have a bad defense. So the Cowboys' offense might feast, but that Falcons' offense and wide receivers are going to tear apart that Cowboys' secondary. Falcons in Week 1 had three receivers over 100 yards. They had Julio, they had Calvin Ridley, and a guy that most people in the league don't even know. I can't even remember his name. Uh, so they had three 100-yard receivers who are going to tear apart that defense. I'm taking the Falcons. Yeah, I, <laughs> we've got all similar picks, but I just see that I was contemplating the Cowboys, but I just can't after watching them lose to the Rams. I think the Falcons, considering they lost to Seattle in week one, I think this is where they come back and win against the Cowboys. I think it'll be a close game, but I see the Falcons coming out on top and the Cowboys go 0-2 and the Falcons get back to 1-1. Yeah, so let's move on. Panthers at Bucks. Uh, I don't see how the Buccaneers can lose this game. Christian McCaffrey... I mean, the Panthers aren't as bad as everybody thought, but I still think the Buccaneers, even with the team being very overrated, I think the Buccaneers take this by quite a bit. 
Yeah, the big problem with the Panthers is their defense was absolutely shredded uh, in week one. And I think this is going to be the same situation. The Buccaneers are going to get back on track. Brady's going to have a redemption game. He's going to beat the Panthers through the air. And, uh, you know, the Panthers are just not a good team. I mean, they're going to probably – the Panthers might score a lot on offense. I think they have a decent offense, but the problem is their defense is young, struggling, and it's going to show. So I got to take the Buccaneers here as well. All right. Now let's talk Niners at Jets. The Niners, so many injuries, obviously the slump. But, man, the Jets are so terrible. No way the Niners lose this game. If the Niners lose this game, I'll just jump in my pond. I I really want to pick a different team compared to you, but just, like, I don't know. It's just tough, but... Uh, I think I gotta go with the 49ers again, just because the Jets are so bad. Donald stinks, is stinking up. The O line stinks. There's no weapons, so yeah, I gotta go with the 49ers. Okay, uh, Broncos at Steelers. Uh, this one was kind of interesting, but I'm gonna take the Steelers because of that defense, and the offense isn't as bad as last year. Big Ben's probably gonna have a better game than he did in the Week One. And the Broncos, they still got Drew Locke, who's going to have a lot of young errors that Big Ben won't have. Uh, they still don't have Von Miller. And that defense had so many mistakes last week. The Steelers is gonna, Steelers are going to capitalize on that, that. And just, I think they're going to beat the Broncos. I mean, it might be a close game, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't see the Broncos pulling out a victory here. Steelers are just too better of an overall-rounded team. You know, the Broncos might play well better this year or this uh this week but Steelers are just a better team they're missing Von Miller Chubb isn't at full health so I gotta pick the Steelers as well okay uh Jaguars at Titans as much as I hate to make this pick I think it's gonna be the Titans uh I think we do have definitely have a chance that we didn't have these past couple years so we might win and I hope we do but as of as far as I can take predicting before this uh, I think that uh, I got to take the Titans in this game. So, yeah, what do you think? Almost, I actually went out of the uh, the call there for a second, so I was I started to panic, but I'm back. Um, honestly, since you picked the Titans, I'm gonna I gotta go opposite here and pick the Jags. You know, last oh. last week I picked the, or the uh, the Colts. I'm gonna feel a little confident. I'm gonna feel a little dangerous here. I'm gonna pick the Jags to win. I think the Jags. End up holding, not holding Henry, but I think they contain him to under 100 yards. And I think they pull out, I think they squeak out a victory here in Nissan Stadium. And I think that they surprise everybody, go 2-0, and they put the league on notice and people start to, start to look out for that team. Wow. At you, of all people, picking the, ti- picking the Jags over the Titans. That's, that's surprising. Yeah, yeah I, I just had to. I had to go away from you. I had to at least break to choose one team or one game where it was opposite of you, and I just think this is the game that I can somewhat feel confident the Jags might actually pull it off, and they have a whole new scheme planned for the game, and I'm very excited to see what the offense does, especially I'm, being, I'm honest, to be honest, I'm nervous about the defense, but I'm also curious to see what they do against uh, Henry and the uh, surrounding weapons, especially since A.J. Brown is out. That is what kind of leaned me towards choosing the Jags. That's a big loss for them, so it's going to be interesting to see how things played out. Interesting. Either way, Lions at Packers. Don't even need to talk about it. Packers are going to destroy the Lions. 
I don't see it any other way. So I'm going to pick the Packers here, but every time they play each other, it's always a close game. Almost every single time it's a close game. So I'm going to pick the Packers, but I do think it's going to be a close game. The Lions are going to be in it until, of course, the fourth quarter. And then it's, you know how it happens from there. <laughs> All right, Bills at Dolphins. We saw the Dolphins week one. We saw the Bills week one. I think the Bills are going to win this. Bills are a good team. Dolphins are a mediocre team at best. So, yeah, I'm taking the Bills. Yeah, this is pretty obvious. Bills are going to take this one. Dolphins are going to struggle again. I think Fitzpatrick gets beat up again. And if he struggles enough, could see Tua starting week two. Although they did say they want a bench of the year or keep him on the bench for the year, redshirt him. Fitzpatrick does too much damage to them and they keep losing. They're going to have to be. They're going to have to force the hand of putting Tua in. But I don't think it's going to happen this week. But I do think that there's going to be consideration if he struggles again. If Fitzpatrick struggles again. There's a possibility we can see him on Thursday night football against the Jackson. Okay, Vikings at Colts. This one, it was it was a real hard choice for me, but I'm going to take the Colts. That Vikings defensive line without Daniel Hunter was absolutely just not there. Uh, the Colts, they have that offensive line. Uh, so I think, and the Colts defense isn't terrible. I mean, the Jags, we, we did pretty well against them. And that was kind of bringing up question marks. But then again, at the same time, the Packers absolutely slaughtered that Vikings defense and the offense. I mean, the Packers' defense isn't amazing, so the Vikings scoring on that, it's not a great thing. So this game is going to be close, but I'm taking the Colts. I was contemplating going Vikings, but after seeing how badly the defense got shredded and Phillip Rivers potentially being less costly with his throws and how young that secondary is and just how much they struggled, I'm going to have to go with the Colts here. And, uh, you know, I think Jan gets shut down again because, you know, top five offense here and uh, our top five offensive line. So I got to go with the Colts again. And uh, I think they go one and one. Packer, the Vikings go 0 and 2 for the first time. And God only knows how long. Yeah. Washington at Cardinals. Cardinals had a good week one. Washington also had a good week one. But I think that Cardinals offense with DeAndre Hopkins is going to tear up the uh, Washington line. Or what? Well, not line, but Washington defense. And I think Kyler Murray is elusive enough to get around that Washington defensive line and uh, win in that game. Yeah, I. Uh, this is kind of tough. I think Washington's defense is really good. I just don't know how Haskin is, Haskins is going to do. But I'm going to have to probably safe take the safe pick and go with the, the Cardinals here. I think that Murray is going to be able to escape enough. I think he'll get sacked a bit. I think he'll be doing well enough, especially with Hopkins as his wide receiver. And I think that they'll uh, pull off a close victory against the Washington football team. Okay, Ravens at Texans. This one is another easy pick, taking the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to do to the Texans what the Chiefs did to the Texans, just in a different style. So, yeah, I think that'll be a tough start for the Texans, and they have a little bit more to go. Yeah, not good for the uh, for the Texans. Not a good uh, first two weeks for the Texans. They got the two hardest games of the, of the year, to be honest, against two of the top teams in the league. And I think the Ravens are going to beat the crap out of the Texans. And uh, it's not good for B.O.B. I think uh, things are going to start – questions are going to start going, and there's going to be rumblings of whether he's going to be a coach or not. 
by the end of the year because I just I, this Texans team is going to struggle with the uh, you know the offensive line is not going to do well. Ravens are going to feast on that O line and feast on Watson. So I got to go with the Ravens here by a pretty big score. All right, Chiefs at Chargers. Another easy pick for me. Chiefs. Chargers struggled last week against the Bengals. Uh, the Chargers defense is is pretty good, but that offense isn't going to do anything. Chiefs are going to win by quite a bit. Yeah, the Chiefs are going to win this game easily. Uh, the Chargers with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor just everyone was like, oh yeah, Tyrod Taylor is going to be pretty pretty solid. He's not. He's he's not a good quarterback. He's you know he's a backup quarterback at best, but people thought that the Chargers organization thought, hey, let's give him a shot, and it's kind of starting to backfire on him, and I think the Chargers are going to go 1-1 one and one here. Chiefs are going to have another solid win, and uh, they're going to go 2-0 to start the season. Yeah, it's, it's rough over there, but either way, Patriots at Seahawks. This one, a lot of people have going around, but I think that Seahawks defense, Jamal Adams, everybody else, I think they're going to make Cam Newton look like I thought he was. I don't think Cam Newton's going to be terrible, but I think Cam Newton is going to get shut down if he does not pass the ball this game, especially with Jamal Adams coming off the edge a lot. Uh, that'll be interesting to see, but I'm taking the Seahawks. It won't be a blowout, but I'm taking the Seahawks. Yeah, I... Uh, I want to pick the Patriots, but Seahawks are just too well of a rounded team. Patriots are still kind of a question mark on what kind of team they're going to be exactly. But I think the Seahawks take a commanding lead in this game and finish off the commanding win and uh, beat the Patriots by a significant score. Probably at least maybe a touchdown and a field goal or more. But I'm going with the Seahawks here. Okay, for the last game of Week 2, Saints at Raiders on Monday Night Football. I'm going to take... The Saints. The Raiders, they, they had a monster week one, but then again, that was against the Panthers defense, which was very bad. The Saints defense is a complete different story. That Raiders offense is going to struggle. Josh Jacobs might still do really good, but I think that offense is going to struggle. That defense is going to struggle too against that offense, who doesn't have Michael Thomas, but I still think Drew Brees is going to feast. Yeah, this is the team. The Raiders are, they might be okay this year, but I think this is a game that they honestly don't have a really good shot at. The Saints are too good of a team, even without Michael Thomas. They've got too many weapons on that team, and I think this is a game the Saints win. I don't think it's going to be a big win, like a significantly huge win in terms of points, but I think the Saints will put up a good fight until the end of the game, but i got to go with the Saints here and pick the safe pick. Okay, week three. Thursday night football, Dolphins at Jags. I am going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game at home on a Thursday night football game that I might be at. Uh, so yeah, I think the Jags are going to win. We might see Tua, might see Fitzpatrick. So whichever quarterback it is, I think we're going to do good because if Fitzpatrick's in, I think he's going to struggle. And then if Tua's in, it is his first game and he is going to struggle because of that. So I'm taking the Jags. Yeah, this is a game the Jags win, even if they lose week two. Regardless, this the Dolphins team is a young team that I don't think is going to be able to do well, especially if Fitzpatrick starts. But I think this is a game that the Jags win. So they're either going to be 3-0 and or they're going to be 2-1. and So regardless, they're going to have a winning record by week end of week three. 
which is very positive for us. All right, guys. So that is our predictions. Uh, we had one difference in our predictions, which is the Jags at Titans. So that game is going to de determine who it takes the lead for our prediction competition. But either way, hope you guys did enjoy this podcast. Sorry for some of the mistakes we made. Uh, there was a little cut earlier in the show. But hope you guys are good. See you guys next week. Peace.